Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is our champion. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for us. You came down, you lived a perfect life, you took away our sins so that we can live righteously in this earth in the sight of God. Amen? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Ron, and everyone uh, that led us in that wonderful praise, giving glory to God, knowing who we are in Christ. We're champions. We're winners. Amen? After it's all over, we just walk into heaven and say, thank you, Lord. Good to be here. <laughs> Amen. Always and forever. Praise the Lord. So let's, uh, let's bow our heads and pray as we hear the word of God today. Father, we just thank you that as we come before you that we'll hear words that will encourage us, strengthen us, enlighten us to know what you have done for us and what you want us to do for you. We thank you, Lord, for ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today's message, because I was watching the Olympics. You watched the Olympics a little bit? The intensity is amazing, the dedication, the commitment that they've made to do a feat that only lasts for, what, like a minute or so sometimes, the 100-yard dash and, or the 100-meter dash. And uh, they give all their lives for one day, one event. And uh, we, the Apostle Paul likened our Christian life to a race, yep. right? And it, he said it's not to the swift, it's not to the strong, but it's to what? those that endure to the end. Amen. Amen? We're not at the end yet. That means we have to keep enduring, keep going, keep pursuing the Lord. And uh, so it's a race that we have to have. And so I want to look at some scriptures. I want to call this uh, message, Running Your Race Olympic Style. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because <laughs> we're all supposed to be winners, right? Yeah. We, the champion has already showed us the way. So let's look at this scripture in um, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 25. I'll read it, and then we'll explain a little bit about it. It says, do you know, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. So I looked at that. I did a little research so that I could have something to prepare for you. And as you look at that, right in the beginning, it says only one receives the prize. But I thought in my, you know, when you watch TV, there's the gold, the silver, and the bronze, right? Well, in researching in those days, in the Olympic days, they only got one first place and there was no second or third place. Winner take all, you know? And, and so Paul is saying there's only one winner, but in Christ, we are all winners. And he says, I want you to win, run to win, that you may obtain. What are you obtaining? Well, let's look at it. It says here, an uh, imperishable crown. Those are looking for an imperishable crown. It's like a, uh, they gave them an olive wreath. In fact, uh, let's see. They, they, see. In the uh, Greece, the Olympics in Greece, they did a symbolic wreath to show people what it used to be like. But, you know, a wreath, that's all you get? for all the work that you've done. <laughs> so only one receives it. Now, what are we supposed to do? What is the prize that we're trying to attain? It's right here. The next slide will say in Philippians 3.14, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. What is the prize? The high calling of God. 
I, I want to be known as a Christian, as a, one that follows God, the one that loves God, the one that uh, pursues him. And it says, I press, I press towards the mark. And that word press, if you look it up in the Hebrew or in the Greek, it means to stretch, Str like a runner stretches to the finish line. Are you stretching or are you loafing? Oh, come on, talk to me. <laughs> are you coasting or are you pressing in? Amen? And you have to do it every day. You, you can't take a day off. You know, the, the Olympic runners, they can't say, well, you know, I don't feel like running today. I don't feel like working out. Can you imagine the disciples if they woke Jesus up and they said, well, Jesus, what are we going to do today? Oh, we're just going to chill today, guys. <laughs> we're just going to lay back, you know. No, Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria, right? I must go to the cities that uh, we haven't been to. He said, I must be about my father's business. Are we about our father's business? Are we doing those things that please the Lord? Or are we just letting the calendar roll on and not doing anything for the Lord? We have to find out what God has called us to do so that we can do it. Now, there's some crowns up there. Did you know that? How many would you like? If there is crowns available, wouldn't you want some? Okay, let's look at it here. There's five different crowns. There's the imperishable crown. That's an inheritance, incorruptible. There's a crown of rejoicing. He's going to wipe away all of our tears. We're going to be rejoicing in him. Crown of righteousness, meaning not our own righteousness, but his righteousness. We get a crown for that. Now, don't, you, you don't have to get big-headed because you're going to be throwing those crowns at the feet of Jesus after it's all done. But it's nice to at least, you know, accomplish something. We all want to win a prize. Uh, the crown of glory, meaning we're going to be surrounded with the glory of God. And the crown of life, which means we're going to live forever and ever. Amen? No end. Can you imagine that? No end in the presence of the Lord, never bored, never tired. I know when I go on vacation, after a week or two, I say, okay, that's enough. Let's go home. You know, I want to sit on my couch, watch my TV, <laughs> and do the things that I want to do. Praise God. So there is a certain amount of effort that we have to put into this race. Wouldn't you agree? I got one amen here. Okay, praise God. Well, let's look at it. In 1 Corinthians 9, as we continue, it says, Therefore, what's the therefore? To obtain the prize, therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, that means I run with a purpose. I run with a direction. I have a, a, a goal in mind. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. He, he switches over to boxing right now. You ever see those guys that shadow box, you know? <laughs> look like they're doing, you know, something. But then you put somebody in the ring with them and they knock them out. It's like, that, <laughs> what good is it to look good, you know? <laughs> in fact, I, I had a friend that actually was a, a trainer, a, a boxing trainer. And I was... I was a young guy, about 21. Yeah, I was 21 once. And I was spouting off about how, how I could do dodge and weave like Muhammad Ali. And he was just listening to me like, yeah, right, kid. And, and, and so I keep talking, and he goes into his bedroom. I go, what are you, I'm talking, where are you going? He comes out with two pairs of boxing gloves. He says, if you can last three rounds with me, I'll make a boxer out of you. I go, I'm, you know, stupid. Uh, go ahead, put them on. I went out in the backyard, and he cleaned my clock. I mean, he hit me so hard, I didn't even see the punch. I'm laying on the ground. I go like, what happened? And I get up, and I go, okay, let's try that again. Same thing. The, the punch was so fast, knocked me down. All I saw was grass, and, uh, you know, it was no match. But I felt like I could do something with him, but he didn't even look at that. 
<laughs> so it says here, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. That doesn't mean you don't go to heaven, but he's saying I'm, you'll be disqualified in teaching the gospel. Paul was very uh, uh, purposeful and disciplined to want to keep his body under. Keep your body. Uh, you have to talk to your body. Body, get up. <laughs> go to church. Yeah. Body, get up. Pray. Body, get up. Read your Bible. Bible, uh, body, get up and go to Wednesday night prayer. Come on, talk to me. Amen. You can't lay on the couch and watch TV and expect spiritual things to happen for you. You have to force yourself, press towards the mark. Amen. Subject your body. You, you don't let your body tell you what to do. Oh, I don't feel like it tonight. I don't feel like it today. You tell your body what you're supposed to feel like. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So you discipline your body. And then you have to exercise your body in the things of the Lord. In uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, it says, Exercise yourself unto godliness. And that word godliness or or, uh, exercise is the Hebrew word, gymnasio, which means gymnasium. And so you have to have a mindset fixed on wanting to succeed, wanting to win the prize, wanting to get your body toned in. I know when I was playing baseball at the uh, junior college level, they told me, you got to think, eat, and sleep baseball. You, you have to think about it all the time. So I'd be in class and I'd be thinking, I'm going to hit the ball. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, you know, be strong. I'm going to run the bases. I'm going to do, I was thinking, thinking, thinking. And then finally, my second year, I said, what am I doing? <laughs> I have better things to think about than just trying to hit a baseball. So I quit. I said, you know what? It's been great. It's been fun. I'm, I need to move on to other things. Praise God. Now, but you're supposed to exercise yourself Unto godliness. Is that in there? Yeah. It says, for bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of this life and the life to come. So what you do for the Lord, what you do to get your body and your spirit ready is good for now and is good for later. Praise the Lord. So you say, well, I don't like to exercise. I don't like to do spiritual things, you know, but I want to tell you, Even the Lord exercises godliness. Did you know that? Let's look at this in Jeremiah 9.24. This is revelation for you. Are you ready for this? We're getting into the deep things of God. Are you ready to go with me on this? Okay, it says, Do you, uh, but let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness. What? God is exercise. You know he has to exercise loving kindness towards you, right? Things that you do wrong, he has to say, I have to love you anyway. Amen? Do you have friends that you know that are like that? I don't know why they do that. Boy, they just rub me the wrong way, but they're my friends. I had a friend one time. He used to get, we used to get so mad at him. He, he would invite us over to dinner, and then he would get in a theological debate with us. Always at the end, just when we're ready, we're having a great time, and he wants to bring up some scriptures and tell us these things. And I used to get so mad. I told my wife, we're never going over there again, okay? The the, the meal was fantastic, but the the afterwards, the inter, you know, relationship, just, I can't take it. And so I was at home, minding my own business, and the Lord said to me, I want you to befriend him. 
and I don't even use those terms, befriend. I had to look it up. That means be a friend to someone. And so I was a friend to him when no one else was. And uh, he wound up dying about six months later, and I was so glad that I was there to be a friend to him. And uh, I know that when I'm up there in heaven, he's, when I get there, he's going to be telling me, showing me all around, like, well, Brother Chuck, I want to show you over here what, what this is all about, you know. Come on, we got some time. Let's move around over here. <laughs> he likes to teach me, so I, I'll let him teach me. Now, what is loving kindness, you might ask? Vanessa, you might ask. Thank you. Uh, now, you ready for this? It's goodness in action. It's sweetness of disposition. <laughs> it's gentleness in dealing with others. Are we like that, or are we just fed up? You know, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I, I don't need this, you know. I need to be alone, okay? No, the word describes the ability to act for the welfare of those that are taxing your patience. You, you know anybody like that? In your family, at your job, in your neighborhood. We got people that will rub us the wrong way. But the Bible says what we're supposed to do good to them. Act in their better interests. Why? Because we're Christians and we're exercising godliness. Amen? We want to be big and strong in the Lord, right? Does the Lord ignore those people? Does he leave them out hang hanging to dry? What if that neighbor gives you a hard time and then they need a ride somewhere? Oh, I'm busy. Hmm. So sorry. You know, catch you later. No. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Well, you say some people just, they just bug me. Well, look, let's look at this. Here's the definition of the Holy Spirit removes abrasive qualities from the character of one under his control. Oh, my. Do we have any abrasive qualities? <laughs> Do we have words that come out of our mouth that we wonder why we, are we saying those things? Sometimes. Okay. So we have to have a continual allowing the Holy Spirit to smooth out, to uh, sandpaper, heavenly sandpaper our personality. We can't say what we want to say. We can't say what we want to feel. But we have to say what the Lord has called us to say and allowing the Holy Spirit and the love of God to come on in the inside of us. Amen? I hope this is helping somebody. Yeah. Amen. This is kind of like an operation, you know, you know, where you open up and I get in there and I put the Word of God in there and tinkle around and move some things. And, and hopefully when you come out of here, you're going to go like, I need to, you know, have the Holy Spirit take care and smooth out some of my abrasive qualities. We all have them. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just making sure I'm in the right church. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews 12 says what? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, that means there's people watching us up in heaven. I don't know how many and I don't know how often, but they're watching us. I know the Lord's watching us. And I know the angels are writing down the things that we do, and everything that we do is being recorded in heaven. All the good that we do, all the love that we pour out to others is being recorded, and you get a reward for that. Did you know that? The least little thing. Jesus said, even if you give a cup of cold water to a child, you will in no wise lose your reward. I mean, down to the smallest little thing. So when the kids ask me for water, I said, praise God. Hallelujah. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so glad to help you, okay? But how about the bigger things when you have to help somebody uh, do things that, that you don't want to do? 
God says, you're getting credit for that. Amen? So the writer of Hebrews is also telling us that we're in a race. You know, we're, did you know that you're in a race? Yeah. You're supposed to get to the finish line. It, he, he said, you're not walking, you're running, all right? It's a race to get to the end. And I mentioned last week about how you're supposed to train up a child in the way they're supposed to go so that even when they're old, they will not depart. Well, you know, not of us, not all of us do go a straight line. Right? And our children as well. Sometimes they veer off. They go into somebody else's lane. Sometimes they go out of the track, even down the street. But the Lord brings them back. Praise God. So we can't give up. What we've deposited in them will surely come to pass. So he says, now, you ready for this? Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Do you know that there's sin that tries to ensnare us? Things that try to draw us back. And he says, there's weight. Two. Now, a weight is not uh, a sin. A weight is something that hinders your, hinders your, your walk with the Lord or your, your running to the Lord. And, and you know what they are. I don't have to. Do I have to list them all? No, but here's a couple. Uh, let's see. There, we have a uh, picture of, uh, what is this, TV? TV. TV can ruin your life, okay? It's a good thing. It's not a sin. But if you spend three hours watching baseball or if you watch a movie, how much more time could you spend praying and seeking the Lord? How powerful would you be if you put all those hours into seeking the Lord? Praise God. How about, how about this? Huh? Oh, no. Some people, their joy is just to eat. Amen. <laughs> just to sit back. Oh, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> These things, now, the Bible says you're supposed to lay aside these things. Put it down. Stop holding on to it. Stop picking it up. Push it to the side. Become separated from it. You know, my wife and I, we used to watch some TV shows, and as we got deeper into the things of God, we look at those shows and we go, like, why were we watching those shows? Those are terrible shows. We we don't watch them. So now we go down and go, can't watch that, can't watch that, can't watch that. (laughs) Though they're funny, they, do, they distract you and keep you away from following the Lord. They taint you, praise God. Now, you know, Olympic runner, they don't get sidetracked with these kinds of things. They keep their body in tune and focused in the Lord. The Bible says what? Looking unto Jesus, not looking into all these other things. Do we have another thing that, that another um, picture? Okay, the internet. Holy moly, macaroni. I mean, you can spend hours on the internet, not even know what happened. And then you fall asleep. And you go like, I don't know what happened to me. You know, what about that prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the soul. I pray to the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray to you my soul you'll take. You don't even get that out. <laughs> All you get is, you know, my wife and I and I didn't tell her I was going to say this, but we, we watch movies. And uh, for some reason, we can never f- see the end of the movie. <laughs> Only the beginning, the middle, and then we're out, you know. So if, if they rerun, I go, did you see that movie? Yeah. How does it end? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see it again. Praise the Lord. So we, now, getting it more directly into you, we have to find our race. You can't run somebody else's race. You can't do what somebody else does. 
You have to do what God has appointed you to do. And it reminds me when I was in high school, way back when, I still remember, I, I was pretty fast, you know, in my, uh, on my street, in my uh, school, and I said, well, I'm going to go out for track, you know, maybe I'll find a race that I could do in track. So I went out for the 100-yard dash, and they did a practice run, and I was first out of the gate. Man, I was ahead of everybody. Then all of a sudden, these guys that had been running for a while, they knew how to run, and they just knew how to do the stride just perfectly, and they just passed me up. I went like, wow, how did that happen? Let's do that again. And, th and this guy was not that good. He was like a medium guy, but still he was beating me. I said, let's go back here. And so same thing. I got off, and I was ahead of everybody, and all of a sudden these guys that knew exactly how to run the race, they just passed me up. I go, oh, man, that's not, that's not my race. So I went to try every other event, every other race. I tried the 220. I tried the 440. I did uh, the uh, long jump. You know, where you run real fast, you hit a board, and then you try to spring up. No spring. I said, okay, that's not it. <laughs> I tried the high jump. No good. No spring. I even tried the shock put. I said, maybe somehow, some way, a 130-pound guy can swirl around and just throw the shock put just right. Nothing. Ploop. <laughs> I was so discouraged. So my final thing that I tried was the pole vault. Has anybody ever tried the pole vault? This is the most insane event ever. I go, well, how does it work? They go, well, here's what you do. You take this pole, and you run as fast as you can, and you try to find this little box that's in the ground. You stick the pole in the box, and then you push yourself up off, off, the, pool, off the pole, turn your back to the ground, and lift yourself up and go over the pole. Yeah. I go, okay. Doesn't sound good, but let's see. Go running just hard enough to find the, the, the box. I hit the box, and I said, I am not turning my back to the ground. I, my mama didn't raise no fool. I just hung on to the pole and went all the way out and knocked everything down. But I said, you know what? At least I'm alive, okay? I don't care if I'm embarrassed. I don't care if people say I can't do it. But you know what? I'm through with track. I could not find my race. So I ran around a little bit. And I, I had my shorts and everything. I said, well, I may as well just go into the locker room because it's all for me. So as I was going in, there was a hurdle that was a stray hurdle that was on the track. And so I just kind of jumped over it. And uh, the coach said, son, come here. Do that again. Okay. And went over. You, you could be a hurdler. I go, really? He goes, yeah, let me teach you. He taught me how to hurdle. And the second year that I was in the hurdles, I, I was undefeated. No one beat me. I found my race. You got to find your race and allow God to, to make you successful. Now, see, so you, what do you have to do? Lay aside every weight. That means those things that hold you down, keep you away from doing the things that you're supposed to do for God. They're not a sin. It's okay, but it's not going to help you any. At the end of the day, I mean, after you watch a movie or sporting events, you kind of feel depleted, don't you? There's no spiritual energy that's, that's there with you. So lay aside those things. Put them aside. And uh, also the sin that does easily beset us, the thing that catches our attention, catches our eye. We all got them, right? Something that's just like, hmm. You know, you might be on the Internet and something catches your eye. No, you can't let that. You know, you have to. The Bible says, what did Jesus say? He said, um, whoever shall look upon a woman 
to lust upon her has already sinned. So I found the secret to that. Don't look. There you go. Hello, praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. What you have to do, and we're getting ready to close. I hope you guys are picking up some of these things for yourself. Okay. Amen. Okay, so in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus. That's who we're looking unto. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him did what? Endured the cross. We have to endure the situations that we're facing so that we can be godly. Despising the shame and is set, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become discouraged in your souls. No matter what we've done wrong, no matter how we've messed up, how many times we've missed it, we still have to keep going on, keep, keep continuing. I know my own self, I took a 10-year break from the Lord. I didn't know the Lord, but I was, you know, in church, sort of. And uh, I didn't know the Lord. I didn't accept the Lord. But I said, you know, I need to just kind of go away for a little bit and just kind of sow my wild oats. Well, 10 years later, I came crawling back. Okay, Lord, <laughs> if you can do anything with my life, you can have it now. Amen. I gave my heart to the Lord. Never turned back. It's been 40 years. It's been the best 40 years I've ever spent. So the thing is, and in finality, in 1 Timothy 4, 7, what are we supposed to do? Same thing that Paul says I ha when he died. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. You're supposed to finish the race. Amen? So many ministers that I see, they don't finish. They mess up. They get distracted. They, they let sin take over their lives. I have kept the faith, Paul said. You know, they stoned him. They, he was shipwrecked. They beat him. They, they scourged him with 39 stripes. He said, I, I, I kept the faith. They, even when they stoned him and they left him for dead, you know what he did? He got up and went into the temple and started preaching some more. <laughs> he didn't say, oh, I'm through with this. No, keep the faith. Finish your course. Yeah. Amen? So the three things that we learned today, run your race. Run your own race, the race that God has set before you. Find out what he wants you to do. Lay aside every weight and every sin that may easily be set. Easily. You don't have to go far. Just go down to the market. Just go look in the newspaper rack. You'll say, oh, my gosh, what is this going on here? Lay aside every weight and sin and finish your race all the way to the end. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for encouraging us to run our race, to do those things that are pleasing in your sight, that you have set a course for us, Father. We want to run our course so that we can be effective in our ministry to the people and the uh, the people that, that know you and the people that need to know you. We thank you, Lord God, that you empower us with your grace, your power, and your spirit. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to make an invitation for all those that uh, need to know the Lord, so that uh, they, you haven't really formally accepted the Lord. If that's you and you're here, I just need you to raise your hand. We're going to pray for you in your seat, wherever you're at. And it's a simple prayer. And it's amazing that a simple prayer allows the Lord to come into your heart and do great things in your life, changing your life, opening your eyes so you can see all the wonders and things that he has planned for us. The Bible says, eye has not seen nor ear heard all the wonderful things that God has planned for us. So if that's you, raise your hand, and let's pray this prayer. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy towards us, that you've forgiven us of all of our sins. So I ask you to come into my life, 
Be Lord of my life. Forgive me all my sins and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Or if you're like me and you went away from the Lord for a while, you can make this prayer to rededicate yourself. Say, Father God, I love you. Thank you for being kind to me with your loving kindness. I ask you to come into my heart. Continue to minister to me in all the things that you want me to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.